You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. Well, hey, what is up, Trace Church? Man, I have missed you guys. I just got back from my study leave, which I'm so blessed to be able to uh, be provided every single year. The management team here at Trace allows me to get away, to be refreshed and refocused. And I'm back. Well, I'm, I'm kind of back. I know many of you are watching this right now on a video in Trace Church, and I want to let you know that I wish I could be with you in person, but unfortunately, I had a little bit of a family emergency, so right now I'm actually back in Kentucky. But based on what we were going to be teaching on today, I wanted to bring the message to you personally because it's very personal to me. Because uh, today we kick off this new series called Leadership and Lordship. But before we get there, I want to do something really quick. I just want to make one final plug for the Global Leadership Summit that's coming up this Thursday and Friday. And you know we've been talking about this a whole lot, and for good reason. Uh, This conference is something I've been to eight to ten times. It's had a huge impact in my life. And here's what I personally believe. I believe that every single one of you are leaders. Every single one of you leads something. And I believe when you get better as a leader, the people around you get to benefit from that. And so, of course, we want to personally invest in your leadership development. A few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, I preached a sermon where I talked about how leadership in the context of faith is discipleship. And because leadership in the context of faith is discipleship, we should probably take this pretty seriously. And I kind of broke it down and I said, the reason leadership in the context of faith is discipleship is because leadership is influence. And like in its basic definition, leadership is influence. And I believe all of you have influence. And influence, if you were to look at the definition of that, is being able to impact the decisions and thoughts and opinions of others. And so if you grow as a leader, therefore you grow in your influence over others and you leverage that for the sake of the kingdom of God, man, that's discipleship at its its best, the essence of it, if you ask me. It's in its best form. That is discipleship. And so I want to encourage you one more time to be a part of this. This is an event that we're going to be hosting every single year moving forward, and we want you to be a part of it. But today, today what I want to talk to you about is actually self-leadership. And more specifically, I want to talk to you about how, why this particular type of leadership is so important. And listen to me, especially especially right now. Uh, I think we would all agree that we are in the middle of a storm, right? We're in the middle of a crisis. COVID-19 is not a thing of the past, which we all hoped it would be at this point in time, right? We were all hoping that curve would start going down, but unfortunately it's going up and it's going up at a pretty fast trajectory. And what I'm not interested in, like, I think we need to try to set aside where your political opinions on the subject, I think we need to set aside our opinions sometimes even on the mask and where you're at on different things and where you're at even on the disease itself. And can we all just kind of land on the fact that this is affecting our lives? It's affecting our health, our mental health, our physical health, our jobs, our churches. It's affecting our kids. It's affecting our relationships. Honestly, there's probably not too many areas of our life that is not being affected by COVID-19. And if I were to make a prediction to you today, a prediction that I would love to be wrong about, my prediction is that we're headed into a very challenging fall season and winter season, maybe one of the most challenging that we've ever faced. And some of you are thinking right now, hey, Aaron, it's so good to have you back, man. Thanks for all the good news. And I get it. But listen to me. The reason I feel 
that it's a necessity to bring this up to you right now is because as a leader, it's my job to define reality for us. And as your pastor, it's my responsibility to get us prepared for a storm if we know that it's inevitable. And so I want to do everything that I can now to help us to prepare, to help us to get ready, to make sure that we are better equipped and better prepared to handle the storm that we feel is inevitably heading our way. Jesus actually had a lot to say about the storms of our life. He, he knew, I mean, it's not a surprise to him. He's, it's not lost on him that we were going to face many storms in our life, right? This is not the first crisis that we face, and it won't be the last. But Jesus actually used this idea of storms as a metaphor as he's concluding his Sermon on the Mount. And I want to show you what he says on the subject. In Matthew chapter 7, he says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. The storm was causing devastation in our lives, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Our lives were built on the foundation of Jesus and nothing else. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against our life. The storm raged in our life, causing devastation, so much devastation that our lives failed. Our lives were overcome and fell with a great crash. One thing that we all have in common is that we will all face storms in this life. And here in this particular passage, we see Jesus encouraging us and preparing us for these very storms, helping us to see that our lives, if we will take on a certain amount of intentionality when it comes to our faith, that we can actually, listen to me, we can actually develop storm-proof lives. But... And this is a big but. This will not happen passively. This will not happen by just sitting on the sidelines and kind of observing and saying, hey, let's just kind of see how it pans out. Let's see what happens. Jesus says, if we choose to do that, and by the way, it is your choice. If we choose to do that, Jesus says, we're foolish. And we will unnecessarily be wrecked by the storms of this life. And the reason why I say unnecessarily is because we have a choice now to be intentional, to put an intentional process in place that will help better prepare us for the storms of this life, specifically by making Jesus the foundation of our life, by having an intentional process that we follow through with. But let me be really careful. Because as we talk about self-leadership today and this idea of building a storm-proof life, what I don't want to do is over-sensationalize it. What I don't want to do is kind of neglect reality. And what I mean by that is that there are still going to be times, whether you have a storm-proof life or not, there's still going to be times where you feel overwhelmed. Sometimes things might feel out of your control. Sometimes you might not feel you have what it takes. But I believe that if you will put the work in now, those moments, those moments when things feel out of your control, I believe you can still find your footing on solid ground, on a solid foundation, because you know that God is still in control. That no matter, listen to me, no matter what is taken away from you, no matter how hard life gets, no matter how uncertain you are about the future, you still know that you know that you know 
that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough. And some of you right now, you know that you can't utter these words and sincerely mean them. And if that's you, man, let's start with a foundation of truth, okay? I mean, let's start with a foundation of truth. If you know that you can't utter these words, that Jesus is enough, no matter what is happening in your life, that Jesus is still enough. Now, it doesn't mean that life's not going to feel crazy and chaotic and this pandemic won't kind of get the best of you from time to time, but you could still be able to fall on this foundation that Jesus is enough. And if you can't utter that right now, listen to me, let's start with that foundation of truth. But you need to know that I desperately, desperately, I want to get you here. I want to get you to a place where you can say this because here's what I believe. When we're facing the storms of our life, no matter if it's COVID-19 or another storm, if we can't say this, listen to me. I believe we will suffer and we will struggle unnecessarily. I believe that the storm of COVID-19 will cause unnecessary damage in your life. Damage that could have been avoided if you would have been better prepared. And that brings me back to this idea of self-leadership. And so what I want to do for us today is I want to give you what I call the ABCDs of self-leadership. Now, this is kind of my model. This is kind of something I put together. There are a lot of things that you can read about and learn about when it comes to self-leadership. But for the sake of being simple and succinct, uh, I put this together. But instead of starting with A, I'm going to start with D and work my way backwards. Self-leadership. The first thing that I believe you need to do when it comes to self-leadership and leading yourself well is daily investing in your faith. That you're daily investing in your faith, that you're spending time with God in his word through prayer, that you're having conversations about your faith and what God's doing in your life and about what's, you know, maybe he's stirring something inside of you. Maybe you're being convicted that you're filling your life with the things of God, that you're taking time so that I, I love the way that Jesus says is that because so what you say it like flows out of what's in your heart. So what are you filling your heart with today? Because what you say flows from what is in your heart. One of the simplest ways that we have uh, encouraged you to make sure that you're investing daily in your faith is doing something called D1. Uh, and D1, it stands for Disciple One, and it's a really simple model. And the way that this works is that you're going to read one chapter, just one chapter of the Bible a day. Like this whole thing is going to take you 10 minutes or less. You read one chapter of the Bible a day. And after you read that chapter, you write down one verse that stood out to you. And then after that verse, you're going to write out one thought. Like, why, why is it that that verse stood out to you? Is it something that God wants you to spend a little bit more time thinking about? And then that, that's exactly what you're going to do next. You're going to give God one moment. I call this listening prayer. It sounds spiritual. It's really not. But you're just going to take some time and say, God, will you help me navigate my thoughts? Like, is there something, like, is there a reason this particular verse stood out to me? Is, is there something that you're trying to get through to me? Will you just kind of help navigate my thoughts and maybe steer them in the direction you want them to go and just give God one moment? And then you're going to share that experience with one person so that you can get used to sharing what is the most important thing in your life, right? It's kind of silly that we would all say that Jesus is the most important thing in our life, yet we, he doesn't come up in natural conversation. And we need to get more comfortable with sharing about the most important thing in our life. And so self-leadership begins with daily investing in your faith. The next one is this. You're going to calendar your priorities. Now, some of you have probably taken 
some kind of Dave Ramsey class along the way, maybe Financial Peace University. And uh, if you did, then you heard Dave Ramsey talk about this idea of budgeting and the importance of budgeting. And the reason he says that budgeting is so important is because it allows you to tell your money where to go right? Uh, you get to say, I'm going to spend this much money on like bills and this much money on groceries and this much money on entertainment. And you tell your money where to go instead of getting at the end of the month and be like, where did all the money go? Well, this is exactly what you're doing when you, when you calendar your priorities. But instead of money, it's your time. You're telling your time where to go. And you calendar the most important things in your life. And so instead of kind of falling into the trap, well, someday, someday I'll get to it. Now you start putting into place, you know, Emily and I have been talking about this when it comes to our, our date nights. And if we're not intentional with calendaring them and putting them in place, like a week, two weeks, three weeks, sometimes a month or two will go by. And it's like, man, we haven't been out on a date. And we've determined we want to go out on a date once every couple of weeks, but we need to calendar our priorities. So just a Recap really quick. Self-leadership begins with daily investing in your faith, calendaring your priorities. And the next one is to be a reader. Listen to me. I can't emphasize this enough. I know probably throughout your life people have told you, hey, become a reader, start reading more books. But I need to let you know there are so many insights and so many nuggets of wisdom out there that are on the other end of some pages that all you need to do is to bring into your life and specifically in areas of life where you're struggling, right? You think about your marriage or maybe finances or parenting or relationships or dating or whatever it may be. There are people that have devoted their lives, their lives to giving you incredible insights and incredible wisdom and incredible research so that you can actually draw benefit from it. And not only you benefiting from it, but as you learn it, you can start to share it with others. Maybe you've heard the, uh, jump back really quick. Maybe you've heard it said that all readers are leaders. But not, actually, I'm saying that wrong. All leaders are readers, but not all leaders, readers are leaders. I'm saying it wrong, but all leaders are readers. And the reason I believe they say that is because if you want to lead people well and you want to use your influence and, and maximize the capacity of your influence over other people, man, it's, it'd be foolish almost if you think about it. It'd be foolish not to glean the wisdom of people that have put their time and effort and energy into giving you some incredible insights and wisdom in different areas of your life. Now, go ahead and jump to that slide, Julie. I know many of you are still going to hesitate in picking up a book, so I'm going to do you a favor. Here's probably one of the best things that I've ever done when it, when it comes to how many books that I can get through in a year. Several years ago, uh, I joined this and got a subscription to this thing called Audible, where you get to listen to books, and you pay a little bit of a fee, but with that fee, you get a free book every month. And so I would strongly encourage you to Start downloading books, right? Books that speak to you and to where you're at in your life right now, that you would download this and that you would get a subscription, start listening like while you're in the car, when you have some time to spare, throw in your AirPods or whatever it is and start listening to things and gleaning wisdom that will help benefit your life. That's self-leadership. The last thing that I believe you need to do to exercise good self-leadership is to be accountable to someone. Be accountable to someone. Listen to me. When you invite accountability into your life, I believe you will accomplish more. I really do. When you invite accountability into your life, in other words, when there's something that is important to you, maybe it's like, you know what? I want to start 
I want to start praying with my spouse more. Maybe, you know, as a single person, you start saying, you know what, I'm going to start praying more often about God putting the right person in my life and not just kind of haphazardly hoping that it'll happen. And maybe because that's so important to you, you invite somebody into your life and say, hey, will you check in with me from time to time to see if I'm actually doing that? That's accountability. And I believe accountability, bringing accountability into your life will help you to accomplish more. But maybe accountability for you looks a little bit different. Maybe for you, it's more associated with a, a struggle or a sin. If you've been around Trace for any amount of time, you know that I've said this often. Not everybody needs to know your junk, but somebody does. And because somebody needs to know your junk, you need to invite that accountability into your life, at least from one person. Remember what James says when he says, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's healing on the other side of confession. There's healing on the other side of accountability. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful, wonderful results. So let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you invited someone a layer deeper into your life and allowed them to check in on you on certain things, but maybe more importantly, pray for you in the areas of life that matter the most. Good self-leadership begins with a daily investment in your faith, calendaring your priorities, being a reader, and being accountable to someone. Now, I'm going to make a strong statement because I want to get in your face right now a little bit. I hope that's okay. Listen, if you don't do this, all that we just talked about, I believe that if you don't do this, I believe you're foolish. And I believe that you will struggle unnecessarily. Church, rarely, if ever, can we expect to accomplish anything of significance without a certain amount of sacrifice. And all I'm asking you to sacrifice right now is a little bit of complacency. I'm asking that you don't sit through this storm in idle with your arms crossed. Let's just wait and see how things pan out without having an intentional process in place. Because if you choose to do that, I believe that you will struggle and that you will suffer unnecessarily. And maybe not just you, but maybe those that you have influence over. Maybe those that you have some leadership over. And if you've never heard this, I want to let you know this as well. If you don't lead yourself first, you will never be a leader worth following. And listen to me. Please listen to me. Right now, others are depending on you. And in the coming, <clears throat> excuse me, and in the coming months, they will depend on you even more. What you do right now, what you do right now could make all the difference. And how you navigate this storm, and it can also make all the difference in the influence that you gain in helping others navigate this particular storm. So parents, let me talk to you for a second. I would strongly encourage you to sit down with your family and kind of have a family meeting and talk to your family and talk to your kids about how this is going to be a difficult season and how it's so important right now that you guys work as a team that you exercise empathy because all of you may struggle through this differently, that you exercise encouragement, that you become master encouragers of one another, that you make sure that you take the time to sit down and listen to your kids. Let them know that you're available and help them to navigate 
the change that is in front of them that's constantly changing. I think one of the best gifts that you can give your kids is showing them how to navigate change well because change will be one of the most, it'll be one of the most constant things in their life. Married couples, let me talk to you for a second. It's time that you start praying together out loud. I don't care what your excuse is anymore. We don't have time for excuses. And so maybe it's like, I'm not comfortable. I've never done it before. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray well. Listen to me. There's nothing like you don't pray well. You just pray. You talk with God. And if you think that there's praying well and not praying well, maybe you're caught up in spiritual performance. That's a sermon for another day. But right now, married couples, it's time to stop making excuses. Because the challenges that are going to be in front of us, we need to be inviting the wisdom of God into our personal lives, into our marriages, and into our homes, making sure that Jesus is taking his proper place in our lives and in our home, and that he is the foundation and the only foundation that we're building our marriages on. It's time to stop making excuses. And it's just start praying out loud together. Trace, let me talk to you as a whole. Single people. Young people, old people, in the coming months, there are going to be plenty of opportunities for us to serve, for us to set aside ourselves. Now, listen to me. There's a healthy amount of focus that we're going to need to have on ourselves. But I believe if you focus too much on how everything is affecting you, you're not only going to probably experience some self-centeredness, but you're probably going to miss out on opportunities that God is going to put in front of you where you can live out selflessly and you can serve others in the name of Jesus. And I've said this for as long as I can remember. How we serve represents the gospel so much more beautifully than what we're ever willing to say. And can we all like kind of agree that there's a lot of things being said right now, right? A lot of people are saying a lot. I'm watching and I'm listening to people who proclaim the name of Jesus. But what they're saying and what they're writing sometimes doesn't represent Jesus at all. Now more than ever, now more than ever, we need to be inviting the counsel of the Holy Spirit. We need to be reminded of the words of James when he says we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. In other words, give the Holy Spirit a moment to make sure that he's navigating what it is that's about to be uttered out of your mouth or about to be written on a social media platform. Give the Holy Spirit a moment. Jesus, is this of you or is this of my flesh? Give the Holy Spirit some space. Be quick to listen, slow to to speak. Maybe we should heed the words of Solomon when he said, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. But maybe, maybe our greatest point of reference comes from James 1 when he says, if you need wisdom, <laughs> yes, please. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Can I say it again? Be sure that your faith is in God alone. The knowing that Jesus is enough. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. It's like a life that is being tossed by the storms that are coming at us because we unnecessarily took on too much damage because we weren't intentional. We didn't have an intentional process and we didn't take it seriously enough to make sure that we're leading ourselves well. So whether it's a pandemic, whether it's politics, or whether it's this polarized culture, don't let anything unnecessarily keep you from developing 
a stormproof life. Our faith is in God alone. In Jesus, He is enough. Church, it's time to step up our leadership. People are depending on us. How you use your influence matters. Maybe now more than any other time of your life. And remember, you'll never be a leader worth following if you don't lead yourself first. And self-leadership, it begins with daily investing in your faith, calendaring your priorities, becoming a reader and inviting incredible insights and nuggets of wisdom into your life and being accountable to someone. Let me pray for us. God, I pray that there, if there is a spirit of passivity in anyone in this room, as we approach what I believe to be is going to be a very difficult season ahead of us, very difficult storm, Father, I pray that you uproot that passivity this morning, that you will use my words, that you will use the power of the Holy Spirit to convict people, to put action into place, to stop using words, but to actually have an intentional process, beginning with self-leadership and the things that we talked about today, so that they can be better prepared for the storm. And as they're able to find more wisdom in how they're navigating the storm of COVID-19 and all the other things that are going to be thrown at us. God, they then, they then get to experience wisdom that comes from you, wisdom from doing what is right. And I believe that is what's going to be the most influential in the lives of others that we get to impact on a daily basis, whether it's our family and our spouse, people at work, church, whatever it is. Father, help us to put this intentional process in place. Help us to make sure that Jesus is our only loyalty, that we don't have divided loyalty, that he is our foundation in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, in our relationships. God, help us. Help us navigate this storm with wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.